This episode of Burn the Haystack is sponsored, somewhat ironically, by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a conversation where we save the best and burn the rest of our culture and our faith practices. And uh, today we have a super special episode. I think it's special anyway. What do you reckon? I think this is going to be a really unique episode. This is probably one of the most unique episodes as far as the ones that we've done. And I think we're also like kind of like breaking ground in podcasting world i think so too with this one actually like legit i know it could we could be saying this sarcastically but we're both actually being legitimate with <laughs> <Yes>. this one <laughs> yes like that, that like that's like the build-up to a joke but this is actually not a joke even yeah. though i'm making it sound like it is <laughs> uh, what's interesting about this is i mean a lot of our we, you know these days when there are a lot of um other Adventist podcasters out there, which has been cool connecting to that community. And we've shared a lot of them on our page. When we first started, we didn't know of any others. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now there's quite a community. And it's funny because a lot of the things that we do episodes on, we could find other Adventist podcasters who've done, oh, yeah, they've done something sort of similar. Like, they're never quite the same, obviously. But yeah, I mean, this one is a totally unique subject that I don't think any of our fellow podcasters, I don't even know if I've heard of any Christian podcast on this topic. You know, I think if we looked hard enough, we would be able to find an episode on this. But this is a really, really obscure episode that we are doing today. And it kind of goes against the grain in a way of what a podcast actually is, you know. Um, do you just want Do you want to tell people? Because I feel like we're just teasing them, Josh. I don't know. Well, I mean, they can read that. They probably already read the title <laughs> of the episode. So, it's I mean, it's true. not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a total surprise, but yeah, sure. Go for it, Jesse. All right. So today we do an interview with uh, one of Josh's besties. Um, just it's get true. That, that out of the way. Um, but she does great work. Her name's Jess and she is a, uh, a signer. She she knows um, sign language and she does a whole lot of work with uh, the Australian deaf community. Um, well, we should say she's a signer in training. Okay. She's not fully there yet. She's already there in my heart. I don't know. Well, she's a lot <laughs> further than us. So I'll give you that. This is true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the reason why obviously I think this is so unique and we kind of like the irony is not let, lost on us as we allude to in the episode is the fact that um, podcasting is obviously an auditory medium, um, but we find ourselves talking and then you, the podcast audience, find yourself listening to something which a deaf person can never actually hear. Um which is kind of strange, but we've also like this whole episode is like a whole package. So Josh, do you want to kind of explain what we did with this episode as far as like being able to talk about people who are deaf, but also being able to include them? Well, I think the reality is um, this episode, we've actually, it's not, I guess it's not really targeted at the deaf community. Um, It's actually targeted at... Um, probably our general podcast audience because, I mean, realistically, we discovered that there's a huge um, gap of 
people signing, especially in religious circles. So um, you hearing this are actually really our target audience, even though it seems a little bit, I guess, um, contradictory to be doing a yeah. <laughs> to be doing an episode about the deaf community in a totally audible format. But um, yeah, but for this episode, um, Jess has actually taken a whole lot of time. I don't know exactly how long. I need to ask her um, to write a, a full transcript of our interview with her. So not the intro and the little outro that we do, but the actual interview, which is really the core of the episode. Yeah. Uh, which I think is is so cool. So uh, you will be able to find that on our website at yep. burnthehaystack.org. Uh, um, slash blog. Slash blog, yeah. If you want to go straight to that. If you don't want to see our beautiful faces on the front page and then you just want to, you're like, no, I just cut to the chase. I want to go straight to the blog. <laughs> then you can be like burnthehaystack.org slash blog. But yeah. we've got heaps of cool stuff on there. So if you want to check out the rest of the website, feel free. It's still a new thing to me to have a website. It's really cool. It is cool. It makes us feel like, makes me feel like I'm a professional. Like I have a website for this podcast. I'm not just like one of the many people who just talk with their friends and go, you know what? We should do a podcast. Like we actually have a website. It's a, I don't know. It's a big deal. And a Facebook page and an Instagram page. <laughs> that yeah, way we got, we got it all happening. I know. I know. We're like a fully loaded brand. But anyway, um, We'll get into the episode now, but I just want to, as we've alluded to, um, you know, people who are um, who are deaf, um, they really don't get much uh, publicity. In fact, you know, I, I'll admit this, I don't really think about them at all, and I'm a church pastor, and yet, like, we think about all sorts of demographics, you know, we think about people who are teenagers or millennials or the, our kids, our uh, the elderly, people who are from different cultures, but I just want to challenge all of you guys, um, for those of you who are in church world, um, if you've never really thought about the deaf community before, um, maybe this is a great episode for you to actually start that journey of what does it look like to be a church that is really open and warm towards um, people who are deaf. Because I think that it's a really, really um, big demographic that uh, doesn't really get that much press. And I think I think they should. Yeah, I, th- I, I think so too. Um, so yeah, without any further talking from us... <laughs> Let's just get straight into it. Let's jump into it. All right, Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited and honored to be here. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you. We've been trying to tee this up for ages, so I'm so excited. Um, but for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, please, please let us all know who you are. Who is Jessica Laws? Oh. Oh, that's such a deep question. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, well, my name is Jessica Laws. Um, I was at college at the same time of both as both of you guys, uh, but I actually knew Josh a bit more than Jesse. Um, I was a bridesmaid for Josh and Donnell's wedding, which is one of my claims to fame. I was their official first third wheel. It's a big part of my identity. Um, and what else? I studied psychology and then counselling for a little bit. Um, have not worked as a counsellor, but has yet since worked as a youth pastor. Um, and I'm currently studying sign language. Mm. Pretty much, pretty much it. Yeah, wow. Um, and I can confirm, Jess was our official third wheel. There are a lot of times yeah. that I thought Danelle and I would be going on a date and Jess would come along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually, I love hanging out with you, Jess, as well. So I was totally fine with it. Sure it wasn't you me can... and Danelle going on a date and you just joined us. 
That also could have been a possibility, actually. <laughs> now that I reflect, that's probably more likely. <laughs> I was going to say, were you their chaperone, like making sure that they didn't uh, get up to any untoward behaviour, any of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a role then. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, so you said before, um, and the reason that we are talking to you today is that you studied sign language. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about what interested you in getting into sign language? And yeah, start there. That's a good starting point. It is a good starting point. Um, so my interest in it actually started a long time ago when I was in high school. Um, there's a really strange reason why it started, I guess. We actually had a lockdown. Did you guys ever have like practice lockdowns at school where you had to be like completely silent and hide under the desks? Oh, like as if a terrorist was coming kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had a pretty great one once where we were all in the art room and because the art, you know, art teachers never care. We just like, <laughs> we just barricaded all the doors with all the like, all the art chairs and, and everything. And she was like, stop it. They're supposed, this is just a test. I'm like, we will not stop. We could be in danger. <laughs> Practicing so, for the real thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The principal got really angry at us, but yeah, it was good. We had, we had a lot of laughs. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we had one when um, we were in a chapel. So it was like this, there was probably my entire grade was about 200 people in this one big room and we had to be deadly silent. So getting like a bunch of year nine kids to be completely silent was near impossible. But me and my best friend at the time, we were um, in the back of our diaries that we had. So like you have like your schedule for the day and how much homework you did or do not do. At the back of that was actually the Australian Sign Language Alphabet. So oh. it's shortened to Auslan, Australian Sign Language. So I'm just going to call it that from now on. It's cool. bit, bit easier. Um, so we had the Auslan yeah. alphabet sort of in pictures there. And then we decided basically to start fingerspelling words back and forth to each other so we could have a conversation. But I don't think we got very far because it does take a while. <laughs> like, is it just each individual letter? Every letter, like how, H-O-W-A-R-E-Y-O-U, like, yeah, it takes a while. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like, I guess after that moment, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like you can talk to someone in silence. And so I randomly looked up some books in the library, thought it was really interesting, but then didn't really think much more of it because my school didn't offer it as a subject, although I wish they did. Mm. Um, and then kind of left it. Then when I, I was at Avondale, um, I found a TV show. It's this really like... I'm embarrassed to admit how much I love it. It's called Switched at Birth. It's one of those like family sitcom <gasps> things. Wow. But I think I, I know it. the one you're talking about. It's oh, like yes. like they grow up in it's like um the parent trap type situation. It's like they're switched at birth and they grow up in different families yes. and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. and so one of the girls who got switched is a deaf girl and so um, when they kind of realise that they were switched, they get mixed in each other's lives and there's all this stuff about deaf culture in it and the language. And I just, like, I was so intrigued. I was really loving everything that, like, came out of that culture. It was so interesting to me. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to teach myself some sign language. So I went on YouTube, typed in sign language and did some, like, watched some of those, like, tutorial videos and got to know a few, know a few words. Um, and then about three pages worth of words. I listed every single word I ever learned and about three pages through that, I realized that I'd been teaching myself American sign language, which is completely oh, no. different. It is completely oh. different. It is a one handed alphabet, not a two handed alphabet. And like, 
only 10% of the words are the same. So I was, I was just like, I give up. It's too hard. I don't want to start again. <laughs> oh, but now you're like semi-prepared. If you ever go to America and need to do some <laughs> emergency signing, you've got three pages of words. Yes, that's all I need. <laughs> I've probably forgotten them all by now anyway. Um, oh. But yeah, and then I didn't think much more of it after that. And then uh, like two, three years, I don't even know, a few years after college, I I don't know, it just popped back into my head for no reason whatsoever. And I was like, huh, I wonder if there's any courses running near me. And found this one like 20 minutes away from my house, just a really short six-week introductory course and enrolled and fell in love with it and have been in love with it ever since. Wow. That's so cool because I, th- I think most people who I meet who know sign language, mm. it's because, you know, they have a family member or yeah. something like yes. that. Yeah, very often. Yeah. Do you have any family members or friends that are deaf or is this just something I that... wish. Because, <laughs> 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 like, some people have grown up, like, their cousin's deaf or their parents are deaf, so they're called a CODA, C-O-D-A, oh. child of deaf adult. And it's, like, their first language. And so I'm really jealous of them because now I'm working so hard to learn a second language, but whatevs. Mm. Um, but now I like to think that I have deaf friends, but that's only since I started learning the language and really gotten immersed in the community. Okay, wow. that's cool. Um, I know something you mentioned before we started recording. Um, I'm just curious, in Australia, um, do you know sort of roughly how many people uh, what percentage of the population or how many people are deaf? Because it's like one of those things where you, you walk around and you see somebody in a wheelchair and mm. you instantly know that they've got some sort of disability, whether they've lost a leg or they have MS or something like that. But you can walk around with people in the street and you would never know that they're deaf unless you actually struck up a conversation with them. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's a very hard statistic to kind of grasp. It's It's separate to disabilities, I guess, in the sense that they're still able to do things. Like one of their favourite phrases is the only thing we can't do is here. Um, mm. So I guess sometimes it is grouped in with that disability statistic, but um, when you're trying to look at how many people are deaf, um, it's hard because the census actually asks, like, what language do you use at home? And not all deaf people use Auslan at home because a lot of them have been brought up with hearing families. Like they might be the only deaf person in their whole family. So they've been brought up oral, so trying to speak and lip read. Um, mm. Some of them are hard of hearing, so they're kind of like somewhere on that scale between hearing and deaf, so they can hear a bit or they just need hearing aids, they still rely on lip reading, so it is a very hard statistic to get, but from my extensive internet research, I've got <laughs> some really random facts and figures. Um, the Royal Institute of Deaf and Blind Children is the only... Oh, the biggest, sorry, deaf school in Sydney. Um, They're saying by the end of secondary school, more than three out of every 1,000 children will require assistance because of hearing loss. So that gives you some kind of idea of how much of it is out there, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah, and I think as you mentioned, you know, the the range is so is so vast. Um, you know, mm. it's it's interesting. Like I, I've known people um, for many many years, and it's only after you know being in their lives for uh, a little while that sometimes you don't even realize that they actually have some sort of hearing impairment. Yeah, um, some people hide it so well. Yeah, it's crazy, and some yeah. of them like they just yeah they're so proficient and they can speak so well, and yet yeah their life is just so different to. Yeah, to, I guess, everybody else in a way. 
Yeah, I'll catch you out on that one, actually. When you say hearing impairment, they actually prefer okay. to be um, called hard of hearing or, like, hearing loss. Okay. Um, there's a big history there. Like, they were really strongly discriminated discriminated against and anything like that. So words like impairment or oh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's another one. It'll come to me later. Um, yeah. has a lot of um, derogatory terms associated with it. Um, oh, really? so yeah, a lot okay. of people don't okay. know that. Wow. Well, no, thank you for, thank you for, yeah, I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. exactly. But that's the main, that's the mainstream language you hear yeah, all the time. Exactly. So that's so interesting. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Man. Wow. So, okay. I guess, um, something of interest to me is, um, like, I mean, your, I guess your background in counseling and then also being a youth <laughs> pastor, um, it's a really cool, all I don't over know, the I place. <laughs> They are, but they're actually pretty <laughs> compatible roles in a way. And now it's to sign yeah. language, you know. It's, yeah. um, but, I mean, how do you sort of see those spheres crossing over? Um, it's interesting because the thing that really hooked me in where I was like, I'm going to take sign language learning Auslan seriously was I actually went to an Adventist deaf camp that they run yearly. Um, so they've only done it for a couple of years now. It's run both by, um, so Lee Dunstan, who runs the Christian service impaired for the Sydney, no, not Sydney, SPD, um, mm. South Pacific Division. So that's like everywhere, Australia and extra. Um, so he has that organization. Plus there's one church up in Brisbane called Logan Reserve Church. Um, and they've worked together a lot to organize these camps every year. So I actually went along to one um, and got to meet all these people that were connected to the Adventist church. Um, but a lot of them don't come regularly or, um, you know, haven't come for years purely because they can't hear the sermon or <laughs> like no one's wow. communicating, like making the effort to communicate with them. However, that may be, that's not just talking in a big group environment. Um so they just kind of, you know, drop off the radar. And I was like, really feeling this passion in my heart. I was like, I love this language, but now I love these people. Like, mm. I just want to get in there and be like, if you want to come to church, now you can, because I want to, like, I can interpret for you. So that's yeah. the goal. But, you know, we'll see how long it takes until I'm actually a fully qualified interpreter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. How long does that normally take, roughly? Um, so I've just finished my first year, which is Cert 2 and Cert 3. This year coming up is Certificate 4 and then a Diploma of Auslan. And then there's a third year that's a Diploma of Interpreting. So it is three years full-time all up. That's crazy. And you're doing all that whilst working sort of as a you know youth pastor and having a side hustle, earning, trying to survive <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, study doesn't pay. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you, uh, for for our podcast audience, I mean, the, the irony is not lost on any of us that this is an audio format and yeah. we're talking about deafness. Um, but for, for, for our podcast audience who perhaps they've never really had a friendship with somebody who's deaf or a family member, mm -hmm. could you just help us through your conversations? I'm sure you've gleaned a lot of insight. When it comes to somebody who is... Um, hard of hearing, uh, whatever the, the scale range may be for them. Yep. What's it like for them and church? Like mm. when they think, okay, I'm a person of faith and I want to attend a church, what's it like for them 
when they actually have to think about what church they want to attend and the overall experience? Yeah, well, it's it's hard. There's not a lot of options for them out there. Um, depending, I guess, if they're profoundly deaf, then they're going to have to rely on either like amazing lip reading skills, which they say lip reading you only a catch actually 20% of what's being said. Um, or, you know, some having an interpreter there or having someone that actually knows sign language to, you know, communicate with them and then, you know, explain what's going on in the sermon and the songs and that kind of thing. Um, when it comes to hard of hearing, like if they can hear a little bit, some people, you know, can rely on the hearing aids. Um, they'll still need to often, they'll still need to be able to see your lips to make out like, you know, the sounds are sometimes muffled. So adding the lip reading onto that will just help them catch every word that you're actually saying. Um, so yeah, facing them, if you don't know sign language, which I'm assuming a lot of people don't, um, (laughs) I certainly didn't this time a year ago. Um, literally just write on your phone. Like it's slower, yeah, but you're making an effort and that shows, that speaks wonders, like that you're just actually taking the time to connect with them and that kind of thing. But, yeah, there's not a lot of options out there for them at the moment. Wow. Yeah, and um, I remember the... Um, I'd, I'd been to Hillsong Church a lot mm. um, in the past and it was well into my... Um, <laughs> the times I'd visited that I actually noticed that they have a um, an interpreter there. Yeah. And even in the worship with the songs, and I just found it absolutely beautiful to watch when they when they do the songs. Um, mm. Are there many churches or opportunities like that around? There's a few. Um, they're hard to find. They're not – you can't just, like, Google church with interpreter. Like, you just ha- kind of have to catch it through word of mouth if that's what's worked mm. for me. Um, cause I wanted to go visit, like I have to get up community contact hours for my study. So I was like, sweet. Like I'm going to go find out what other churches do this and see how they do it. Um, so yeah, Hillsong actually does it every Sunday night for their big programs at the Hills campus. So that's their biggest campus, their biggest night program. So they'll always have an interpreter there, which is amazing. Um, and then for their, um, the conference, Every year, they'll have one for mm-hmm. that week as well. Um, church, I think it's like there's a church in Sydney. There's literally only three in Sydney that do it. There's a church in like Ride or somewhere that will have an interpreter. Um, there's actually one church near North Rocks. I think they're Anglican, but I'm meaning to go this year because I actually met um, this guy. He's not deaf, but he's he has voice problems so he actually can't speak he relies on sign language completely Um, but he can hear everything fine Um, but he's actually leading out in this deaf ministry in his own church which is really really cool Um, so i'm super keen to go visit them and hang out i think they actually have a deaf bible study group (laughs) that's so cool yeah so i'm really looking forward to checking that one out a bit more Um, and then there's actually new hope church with which is one adventist church in sydney um, who they try to book an interpreter every Saturday, but um, very rarely the interpreter will drop out last minute um, just because there's such a shortage of interpreters available. Yeah, wow. No, I, as, as I was, you know, you were talking, I was just trying to, you know, rack my brain to think of I've ever noticed one in an Adventist church. And 
I think Hillsong was the only one that ever came to mind. Not that Hillsong's yeah. Adventist, but yeah. any church at all, um, which mm. is kind of crazy con- considering, you know, that deafness is a sort of, it's a sort of condition that I guess transcends cultures and, you know, nationalities and all that sort of stuff, which is kind of uh, ridiculous and, yeah. and also quite sad. Yeah. Well, you think about the effort that people go to to set up, like, different language-speaking churches. There's got, like, a Portuguese church, a Polish church, like, everything. We have, like, almost one of everything in Sydney, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely a gap that's missing here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I just find it kind of crazy, like, thinking through the, the fact that, what, Sydney, the population of Sydney is about, like, four and a half million mm. and growing. Oh. And then <laughs> yeah. I just I just googled it. <laughs> just like, check. I think uh, that's more than all of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and um, you know, um, you know, if that that school when they said what a thousand a thousand kids, three kids will require hearing assistance. Um, ass- sorry, assistance with their hearing. Mm. So that's like point three percent of four and a half million, and there's only three churches. Yeah. I don't know what it, what is that. That's a oh, big that's number. But there's only like three churches in all of Sydney that You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that's crazy. That's a huge gap. Yeah, right? And when do we ever hear about that? <laughs> are there any um deaf churches that you've ever heard of out there? Like are there like churches just Worldwide? specifically for um, deaf people? Yeah. Okay, so this is really exciting. At our deaf camp 20 what year are we now? 2 years ago. So 2017. Um, we had a deaf Adventist pastor who runs a deaf church in Tennessee come and speak wow. for us. Whoa, Tennessee, yeah. rocking it. Wow. <laughs> How does, do you know much about it? I'm so interested. Um, well, he he studied theology, so he I don't can't remember what, um, like, university he went to over there, but one of the Adventist ones. One of the million, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so he, he literally just, he's the preacher. He's the senior pastor at this church. Um, I think he actually did the prayer for the, one of those big meetings they had like last year. Oh, like a big annual council or something or a yeah, conference. Something like that. Um, so he wow. did the prayer for that. And then his wife is actually an interpreter. So whenever oh, they so travel cool. anywhere, she'll interpret. Um, so because the American sign language is different to ours, she was voicing what he was signing, and then we had an Auslan interpreter signing what she was voicing. So it was like a train well, that's, that's a <laughs> That's a funny sort of chain of... <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, we did have one lady who was deaf and blind. So that's oh. a tactile um, sign language, which I get to learn this year. I'm so excited. Um, so what, what that is, was happening on. as what well. Is that? What, what is this? What's this tactile sign so, language? Um, so basically the person who's deaf and blind will hold on to the interpreter's hands. So they're sitting up real close. It's real close and personal. <laughs> um, so I hope you don't have like personal space if you ever want to get into that. <laughs> um, and then they sign, I think it's normally, I think there's some differences. I've seen the alphabet done differently, but I've still got a lot to learn about that. But basically they're just that one hand, like, their thumb is in the middle of the interpreter's palm, so they're feeling like these slight twitches for each finger as to what's going on, and they're just getting all the information that way. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Jesse and I both 
and I'm sure many other listeners did as well. Holding just put head. our thumbs. Yeah, we just put our thumb in our palm. <laughs> I was actually doing that while I was trying to explain it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I can't feel much. That's why I'm like, that's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you move more than just like one finger for a sign. Like you move the location and the angle and the shape and everything. So there's a lot more going on. But it, yeah, it amazes me how you can like fully communicate through that through touch. Mm. Um, can you talk to, uh, to deaf culture a little bit? Um, like I know we, we've, you've kind of mentioned a few things, but yes. for, the, for the outside listener, they mm. probably have no idea what deaf culture actually is. Like we see all sorts of different um, cultural expressions, whether you're into Harry Potter or Doctor Who or whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making the comparison. I'm just okay. talking about, yeah. But but Adventist culture is a culture that yep. Adventists understand that other people generally don't understand. So what is deaf culture like? Um, deaf culture is actually the first thing that got me hooked into learning this language, um, because it's so interesting. Um, they have all these different, I don't know, ways of doing things, um, and because it is such a small community, it actually reminded me a lot of the Adventist community. Like everyone knows everyone, at least in Sydney. And so, like, if you meet a deaf person, they'll often often introduce you, introduce themselves to you using their last name. Ah. Um, mm. So I think it's kind of that, like, you know, if you know someone, you're going to ask what their last name is to know, find out if you know one of their relatives or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they often marry each other as well, which is kind of weirdly similar to Adventism. <laughs> um, but that's for like the reason more so of like communication. Like you can only marry yeah. someone who can speak the same language as you. Is that, does that, sorry, just to interject, does that um, mean anything for any future children that might, they might have is, Some, is some... sometimes, sometimes it is genetic. I don't know the statistics on that one. Um, but no, I do know one statistic that 95% of deaf babies are born to hearing parents. So most deaf uh -huh. babies are not, um, yeah, genetically deaf. Is there... Or is like they might there, skip a generation or something like that. Okay. Sorry. Are there uh, any prevailing reasons why people um, become deaf or is that sort of a mystery? Um, sometimes like brain injuries or meningitis is a big one. Oh. Um, those are probably the two that I know of in terms of later in life. Mm. Yeah, or often like later into childhood, a lot of that happens. Okay, so deaf community. Tell yep. us, tell, tell us yes. more. They, tell us they often <laughs> often marry each other. No, that was that was, <laughs> that was us. Me. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> um, okay, one of my favorite things is what's called sign names. Um, so it's almost a way of showing that you're you've been accepted into the deaf community, even though you can be accepted into it and not have a sign name. But it's a way of describing who you are. Like they'll replace your name with a sign. So. Interesting. Just because it's so much quicker than spelling your name letter by letter. Mm. So, like, my, my full name sometimes – so my short name is Jess. I go by Jess because it's so much easier. But, like, spelling Jessica every time someone's talking about me or talking to me or that kind of thing, like, it gets really tedious. And, like, if you're going to be finger-spelling every single person's name ever, like, it's just easier to switch it out with a sign name. So – they're often attributed to something that is characteristic of that person. So only a deaf person can give you a sign name. 
so you can't give yourself one. Um, yeah, if you really don't like it, you're allowed to say no, but if you just kind of don't like it, you kind of have to just take it. <laughs> because Is it sort of some like of them a... are very blunt and offensive. <laughs> okay. Re- real. Oh, could, do you have any example? Maybe not of blunt and offensive ones, but uh, like... Do you I have... think you one that's not real, so this is no one that I know. Um, okay. But for example, if like my name is Jess, if I had like a really crazy big nose or something, my sign name would turn into like J with a pointy nose, like... You do the J hand shape <laughs> in the shape of like, like showing how big your nose would be, or like something like that. I can imagine how you could verge into offensive territory in yeah. that. Yeah, that's so funny. Yes. Yeah, that's like my kind Literally. of <laughs> So okay, so you know, like Fat Amy of um, what's the singing yeah. movie? Uh, pitch, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Literally, people would give her like give someone that name. <laughs> oh, are you talking about fat amy or like other amy you know Skinny like amy regular amy because they're so they're so visual so uh, that's not right. considered offensive that's just explaining something visually are the sort of names that you get like are they secret within the community or like do you tell other people what no. your name is so like when you give someone a name they'll actually the deaf person will tell you like this is your sign name now oh wow yeah Wow, yeah, cool. often it's to do with like hair. If you have like a certain haircut that's distinctive, or um, sometimes they're associated with a like big long story. So mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Like every time I meet someone, I'm like, "What's your sign name? Where did it come from? Tell me why." Because there's a big <laughs> interesting story behind it. Like you know, something happened on this crazy road trip, and then they got their name from that event, and yeah, it just stuck. So yeah, Which it's kind of. Kind of biblical, like really, like there's a bunch of times in the Bible where somebody has an event and then they get named after that event. Mm. You know oh. what I mean? Like Israel or whatever. Yeah. Wow, I never made that connection. That is really cool. Well, that's what they pay us for, Jess. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we get the big bucks. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that's, I don't know. I think it's a really cool thing that naturally in their community, they actually... Mm. Would naturally understand stories like, like you know, the story of Israel and mm. Abram becoming Abraham and Paul becoming yeah. uh, Saul becoming Paul. You know, just because it's sort of a part of the journey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and how big a part names play in that. So that's really cool. That is really mm. cool. Stories is like a massive thing for that community because, um, like I love watching a deaf person tell a story because. You get the facial expressions. You get the whole body movement when they're changing characters. Like they'll turn, they'll like crunch their shoulders in and be like this tiny little kid or like a scrawny little person or like a tiny little bug. And then they'll like pull their shoulders back and then like talking about another character. And like it's so amazing to watch. Like sometimes you can understand what's going on in this story even if you don't know any signs. That's so funny. It's just so visual. It's so cool. I will say of the the few deaf people that I do know, they are some of the most vivacious, perhaps is the right word. Like the the way that they express themselves is so just colorful and exciting because I don't know, maybe I don't know. Is it, is it that they have learned, had to learn to make up for one area in other areas? I don't know. Hmm. I think it's just the way that the language works is because it's the way that they they take in the world, like they don't take it in, like reading an essay compared to watching a movie, I guess, like mm. watching a movie or whatever, you get so much more information. And so 
um, <laughs> there's like, there's this guy who writes comics about um, like his life. He's a deaf man and his wife is an interpreter and he writes all these comics about his life. It's really interesting. He's called That Deaf Guy, if you want to look at <laughs> um, And he tells this, there's this one comic strip where um, he's like, hearing person, oh, why are you late? Oh, sorry, I was in a car accident. They're like, okay. If you ask a deaf person why they were late, oh, man, this this tow truck was coming in and they just pulled out right in front of me and they everything fell over and, like, you'll get so much description and the story will be 10 minutes long and then they'll be like, so sorry I'm late. (laughs) I love that. That's, like, the way I tell stories. Yes, it is. Yeah. It really is. (laughs) I get that all the time. People are like, why do you include so many details? Because the details of my life are interesting, people. Wow. This is is your community, Josh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what have I been doing this whole time? That's incredible. So it explains one of their other big things, which is called the long goodbye. So it's basically like if you tell them to leave, they'll be like, okay, we're going now. And then two hours later, they'll actually be going. So they they like go around the room and say goodbye to everyone and be like, oh, when am I seeing you next? Oh, my goodness, I forgot to tell you about this. I forgot to tell you about this. And then they'll go and tell these big, long, detailed stories so you don't get out the door for another two hours. (laughs) Wow. so funny. That is so funny. There's all, like there's all these know. jokes about, like, people flicking off the lights to restaurants to try and kick them out, and they're like, yeah, 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 we're coming. Like, <laughs> get out. Man, it's such a tight-knit community. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. As, at the same time as being tight-knit, they are, like, Auslan students as well as deaf um, community that kind of all merges into one community. Um they have been the most accepting community I have ever run into in my entire life. Like, wow. I will rock up to these deaf events because I need to practice my signing, not knowing a single person, and they'll just, like, you know, welcome me with open arms and start asking me all these questions, even though I'm having to ask them to repeat themselves, like, three times and start spelling mm-hmm. words that I don't understand that they're signing at me. Mm-hmm. And you just feel so much love, and I'm like, we could learn something from these guys. Wow. Wow. So has any of that culture, you know, you as a youth pastor kind of, has mm-hmm. that transferred over to the way that you do ministry in your local context? Um, I haven't done ministry this year and I'm going back to it. Well, sorry, last year, it's 2019. Um, oh, yeah. So that's another story in itself. I actually stepped back from youth ministry from that year to pursue sign language because I had a lot of clashes. Um but there was a lot of classes on Saturdays and that kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was hard because I didn't know what God wanted me to do because I got all these signs that God was wanting me to go down and this path and study sign language, but all the only option for me was to go on class on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I love the Sabbath. Like, I love everything about it. I love having that day of rest and connecting with my church community. Um, and then after doing doing that for a while, I just kind of sat back at the end of the first semester and was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Like it just mm. didn't sit right with me. Like I felt spiritually distant from God for no other reason. I felt emotionally just flat because I was missing out on that community time. And that was the only thing I could really put it down to. So, yeah, I had to email my course coordinator and be like, so I'm not going to be coming to over 50% of my classes anymore because of religious reasons. Um, and that was a battle. Like they almost didn't let me do it. But after 
I explained myself and fought for it a little bit. Like, yeah, it's been a miracle. They actually have offered one-on-one teaching for me to catch up from the classes that I miss. So that's so cool. As such an answer to prayer, like I was looking pretty sad halfway through last year, but you know, when God wants something to happen, he makes it happen, which is really, really cool. Wow. So good. Hmm. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I share that as much as people will let me because I'm like, this is amazing. Like, my life <laughs> sucks. I was like so upset about life. But then like, I just felt God saying to me, don't give up. Like I gave you this mm. passion for a reason. And so mm. I didn't. And I think, yeah, it's just really encouraging to hear. Um, I know I like I needed to hear things like that when I wasn't sure what was going to go on. So, yeah. Hmm. Whoa. What are your hopes and dreams for sign lang- signing and the deaf community as far as the church and ministry goes? Because with your experience and your background, not only in counseling, but ministry and, mm. you know, your involvement in the community, what's sort of the, the things that you go, man, if, if only we could do this or that, if only I could do this or that, things would be so amazing for, for the church and for the deaf community. What, yeah. what, what's in your heart as far as that's concerned? Um, I would personally love to be at the point where I could interpret seamlessly a sermon. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That is a goal and that is something I actually am working towards. Um, my dream dream would to have everyone in my church know sign language so it would just be like a complete open door community to that oh. that world. Um, but at least, you know, some people, like, I, I feel like I just want to, like, go up the front of my church and be like, guys, I'm going to bring my deaf friends here so you better start learning now. <laughs> Mm, Um, and I hope that some of them will um, but I know that they'll at least make an effort at some way or another whether it's learning the language completely or just writing down notes on your phone Um, but I would love to have like a consistent group of deaf people who are involved in church not just attending but involved Mm. and leading out in things and just like this seamless community where like back and forth can happen just equally I would love it. And like everywhere, not just in my local church, like everywhere. There's so many opportunities for it to happen in every church in the whole world. Mm. That's a really cool vision. I love that. I I mean, it's a big one, but you know, why not? Dream big. Well, even I'm like, I actually want to look up sign courses now. Um, Yeah, so do you think, I guess, do you think there's much of a uh, maybe what stigma is that the word i'm looking for that like maybe churches or people have about connecting to the deaf community or maybe um, other um i know yeah, other groups? from speaking to a lot of deaf and hard of hearing people it they seem to have the attitude that hearing people just don't care enough to try mm. um which is really sad to hear like it does take a lot of effort to connect with a deaf person if you don't know sign language um but it just means making yourself a little uncomfortable for a little while t- for the purpose of making else someone else feel comfortable. Hmm. Um, it sounds a little bit like the old stigma with a lot of things is just ignorance hmm. in a way. Yeah, I don't think it's intentional ignorance, though. I think it's just a lack of knowledge or, like, education about what this community is all about and what they need. Like, we were joking before we started recording, like, you know, a deaf person will go go to a restaurant and be like, and the waitress will bring them, like, a menu in Braille, and they're like, mm. no, <laughs> I can't speak Braille. I'm not blind. <laughs> it's just that lack of awareness. So that's what I try to do, like, 
if anyone lets me get on my high horse like you guys are letting me do right now, I would just tell everyone about sign language because I want people to learn about this community and like how we can connect with them because it makes me really, really excited. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I can tell. The passion <laughs> is, you know, oozing through Skype. I don't really <laughs> talk this much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, what about, okay, so what do you think um, people in their local context can do? Um, that like is a maybe great a little question. Bit, Very rather great question. Than, I mean, because I'm, just, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking like most people maybe don't have the time in there or, you know, it's just not really going to fit into their life to quit everything and do a three-year full-time <laughs> course yeah. in sign language. Um, I don't know, maybe, and I'm not, I don't want to put anybody down who's feeling like, I want to do that. Do is there, I don't know, like, can you get away with, I mean, connecting with the deaf community with uh, just a bit of sign sign language knowledge and sort of just learn as you go or um there's actually online courses there's online introductory courses so like it's really basic but it will you know you might get by you can say i want that i want that kind of thing like yeah yeah, yeah. um just really simple things and it's just enough to show that you are making the effort to connect um even if you know zero sign language um there's still things we can do in a church context as well as outside of church um, to connect with these people that, you know, are really looking for it. Um, I actually asked one of my friends, she's hard of hearing and does go to a church. Um, and I said, what can we do better? Like, I realized that we're not doing a lot. What can we do better? And she was saying, um, you know, bring your phone, write on a piece of paper, write on your phone or that kind of thing. Um, if you have an interpreter, if you're able to get an interpreter, advertise it a lot. Um, no one's going to come assuming that you have an interpreter. Like, it's like what comes first. You just kind of have to have that consistency if you are going to look down that path. Um, but they are expensive and they're hard to get. Um, so there's also like tea loops. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. I know some uh, churches do have them. Nope, for, no idea. What, what is it? Um, it's like an electronic thing for hearing aids. So it actually connects the speaker's microphone up to a hearing aid loop that people can like connect into like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth kind of idea. Um, and there's actually newer versions of that coming out that work so much better. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's a matter of getting that technology on your hands and that, then that opens the door to, you know, at least the heart of hearing community and that kind of thing. Um, one thing that she actually told me, which I never thought of before was to use PowerPoints in your sermon. So uh -huh. use pictures Put, it, put up the Bible text and just kind of, you know, your key points kind of thing. So if people are missing a lot of what you're saying, they're still getting the main gist of it and they understand the context at least of what you're talking about, which helps mm. so much. Like if you know context, it gives you an idea of, you know, helps you assume other bits and pieces if you're missing gaps here and there in every few words. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, so cool. to offer your sermon notes, if you're if you're the one preaching, which you guys do, um, mm -hmm. offer up your sermon notes if you have them um, afterwards. Hmm. Ah, hmm. Yes, yeah. I should I should make better notes that other people <laughs> could actually read. <laughs> Would probably be a good start there. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes when Josh preaches, he has his notes and then he just walks around and doesn't look at them the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's most of the That's time. Yeah. Life on the edge. That's so stressful. <laughs> oh, I get, I get like, I don't, I don't know if the, I mean, I know we have a few pastors that listen, but I just get a bit, I get a bit like muddled up if I try and look at them too much. I get too confused. So it's better if I just, 
I know them other. and they've sort of in my mi- mind and I just come back and look at them every now and then. I get muddled up whether <laughs> I look at them or not. <laughs> just get muddled up. You can't it's, just, it's just what I do. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. That's really good, Jess. Um, just practical stuff. And as much as we'd love to see all of our, like that would be so cool if like an entire church decided, hey, we're going to be a church for deaf people. Like what an incredible mm-hmm. vision. Um, I love it. And I, I hope that a church somewhere out there actually takes on that um, on that challenge because you're if you do that, you're essentially tapping into an entire target market that nobody else is tapping into, yeah. you know? Like we get we get all like, oh, how can we reach our teenagers? How can we reach millennials? How can we reach yeah. mums and, and working class yeah, people? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're reaching uh, deaf people, you may be the only church in your entire city or one of the only churches who yeah. are reaching deaf people. That's what an incredible opportunity that is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Are there any other things um, about the deaf community or, or, or statistics or anecdotes that um, you maybe wish that we had asked you about but um, you haven't had an opportunity to share yet? Um, I can show you my all-time favorite TED Talk, which I recommend to everyone because it's super entertaining. Um, It's a TED Talk by Andy Dexterity. (laughs) Is that a real name? I don't know. I think it's like his show name. I think he does a lot of performances in Auslan. Um, Yeah, he's so interesting and so animated with his face. So he does this big talk about sign language um, and, like, how it's interesting and how the language works. Um, And it's really hard to explain over a podcast because it just helps so much when you can see what he's signing and explaining at the same time. Um, So please look it up. Um, And then after that TED Talk, he actually does a performance of Bohemian Rhapsody in Auslan. That sounds amazing. so cool. so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll make sure we leave a link to that in the uh, in the show notes. People, yes, so please. Yeah, 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 definitely. That will all be linked. Have a look. Mm. Um, the yeah. other the other interesting thing I don't know um, how to go about it in a non official context is if um, anyone in a church context is uploading videos, you can actually put closed captions on. Mm. Um, they're all over Facebook a lot more now because I think we're the generation that will scroll Facebook with the sound off. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, which is great for the deaf community because all of a sudden they can watch all these videos as well. Oh, so that true. is super yeah. cool. Man, yeah. Never connected the dots between closed captions and uh, as in like on, on Facebook and, and yep. YouTube. Yeah. Like that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you can turn them on, like the auto ones on YouTube are terrible. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> if you've ever tried to turn them on, it's really it's kind of entertaining um, if you do know what the word's supposed to be. But yeah, it can be really frustrating if someone's trying to watch a video and every second word is incorrect. Um, mm. So I think I don't know how YouTube I don't have a YouTube account myself, but if you like are posting up videos, I think you can like type in your own captions or something like that. Yeah, right. no, there are there are people who will contribute to um to to YouTube videos, whether yeah. on their own or yeah. like I know some creators pay people to um to create captions for their videos. So yeah, no, very yeah. cool. Yeah, that's actually something interesting you can do. I mean, even if you're just a regular person, you can go onto somebody else's a video person. and just No, I mean <laughs> like not a content creator. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. And just then you the could just you could go onto YouTube. 
So if there's a really good YouTube video that you like and there's no closed captions for it, you can just go and write the closed captions for it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's very community. Mo- so if your church uploads YouTube videos, yeah. you could be the answer to how they could connect to the deaf community. Just sit hmm. there, watch it and type it up. Yep, absolutely. I don't know. Not that long, depending on how long the video is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Any uh, any last thoughts, Jess? Um, I just want to give a shout out to um, the church in Brisbane. They're doing such a good job. They have interpreters there most weeks um, and they upload videos with the interpreters for each sermon. Like they're doing an amazing job. They're really, really making an effort to connect with that community and they do have a little group that comes all the time. So, yeah, hopefully we can. They're leading by example. Mm, And we want to see more and more and more of those all over the country. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, like, just uh, I don't know. Look up, look up that TED talk. It's interesting. Um, if that doesn't get you hooked, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, this has been really valuable. Thank you so much, Jess. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Awesome. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, or um, if they want to learn more about um, signing or, or the deaf community, how can they do that? Hmm. Um. I don't add we'll randoms on you. Facebook, so email okay. maybe. I'll give you my email okay. address. All right, we may we'll, we'll post that in the show notes then. Okay, done. All right, if they want to get in touch with uh, the Australian uh, deaf community or the sign sign language community um, to learn more about that stuff, they've got the TED Talk. Yes. Um, if they want to look up a course, is there anywhere they can do that online, or yeah, is it localized? So- Every state has their own um, organisation that runs it. So the one in New South Wales is the Deaf Society. Um, the one in Victoria is Vic Deaf, and that's all I know. But they're out there. <laughs> mm, okay. If you're not sure, you can email me. I'll help you find them. <laughs> hey, and also, um, Jess, um, yeah, with uh, obviously because this is a podcast and it's all done in audio format, um, <laughs> amazingly, Jess, uh, Jess has volunteered to write up the full notes of this, as in yes. like a manuscript. Is transcript? That the word? Transcript? transcript. What's the I guess word? so. Transcript, yeah. Transcript of the whole episode. So yes. um, we're going to probably put that on our website as yep. part of our blog. Part of the blog, yeah. Um, yeah, so that will all, there'll be a link to that as well in the show notes. So many show notes today, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I can't write like J, J and J for each of our names. I'm going to have to write our full names for like who's speaking. Hmm. Uh, What's your middle name, Jess? Sarah. Hmm. You could be JS and I could be JJ. Hey, there you go. Smart. And Josh could be, what's your middle name again? Alan. J-A. No way. J-A. J-S no way. I didn't know your middle name. Well, I don't really tell that many people, but now I have to. <laughs> you cornered yeah, me. Cornered me. <laughs> so, okay, that's my grandfather's name. Ah. Oh, this is a beautiful name. Thank you. Yep, named after my grandfather. Yeah. There you go, guys. Fun facts. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to close it down. Once again, thank you so much, Jess, for your ministry, and thanks for chatting to us today. Thank you so much, guys. I love your ministry too. Well, that was a... I don't know, it was a really cool conversation. I don't know, I just feel really uplifted and enthusiastic about the deaf community after, like, I feel like I've learned something. You know what I mean? Yeah, compared to all the other times we do podcasts and we don't <laughs> learn anything. 
Here's some really good advice that I'm not going to follow. Is usually how <laughs> how it goes for me. Nah, but no, actually no. Like I okay, we can joke about it, but I think in all seriousness, doing the podcast, I've actually learned so much. It's been so valuable for me. Um, and at the end of the day, even if we didn't have an audience, I'm enjoying doing this because I feel like I get to like have awesome chats with people and yep. learn a lot that I can apply. And this particularly, I think, is a super practical episode of a whole community of people who there are all these haystacks about and that we can burn it away and just cut straight through um, to these people who need Jesus just as much as you or I. Yeah, absolutely. And as as we said in the episode, as Jess said in the episode, if you live in a small to medium size, maybe even a large city, um, look around to all the churches in your area. Are there churches there who are doing signing? Are there churches there who have closed captions in their sermons um, or in their kids' ministries or whatever? Um, chances are there probably aren't that many. Maybe in your city there aren't any at all. And if that's the case, if you're a pastor or a church leader listening, like here's like a marketing tip for you. If you're tapping into a market that nobody else is reaching, you have like monopoly on that market. Um so just from a purely like making your church like awesome for deaf people, that is such an awesome thing. And if you do go down that rabbit hole, you're also reaching a whole bunch of people who maybe never got a chance to actually um, experience life in Jesus. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just really exciting opportunities ahead. Um, and so, yeah, I think, and in this day and age, we've talked about it before, learning new skills is easier than ever. You just have to apply yourself into it. And um, this is one of those things. Maybe this is something for you, you dear listener, that um, you could just get super passionate about um, and, yeah, really help. Or even just learning a little bit of, of um, you know, Auslan or mm. um, the New Zealand Sign Language or all of our listeners in the US, whatever your sign language is, um, yeah, or our listeners in Europe, um, you know, just take the time, even just learning some basics. It could really be so helpful for, you'd never know who could be wanting to come to church and connect to your church community. Yeah, absolutely. So look, guys, if uh, you want to check out the blog post, it's on our website. So go ahead and check it out. We'll link all the links in the show notes and uh, we'll link also some of the stuff that Jess mentioned um, in the show notes as well. If you want to uh, dive into that world, and uh, learn some something new and uh, familiarize yourself with um, this awesome world of the of the deaf community. Um, yeah, just hope that you grab onto this and um, that you really, really grow out of this. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but hey, share your thoughts. If you, uh, you know, if you felt anything or thought anything about this episode, we'd love to hear anything you have to say. So send us a message, send us an email, whatever on Facebook um, or Instagram. Um, yeah, we just love to hear from you guys. Um, and if you have any ideas for episodes or, or things that you think we should we should talk about, we'd love to hear about that too. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. That is Josh and Jesse out.